Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the My Brother Podcast, where you got the middle brother, Tonio. Big brother, Ralph. And one of the youngest, Adrian. And we are at y'all again for another fun-filled episode. Uh, Today is going to be an interesting episode to navigate because there's a lot going on in the world, and how to address it all is a bit... uh, Cumbersome to say the least. So, Ooh, I like that word. Uh, and my cat <laughs> is outside, and I think I throw them back in. I'll do that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot I let them out. Either way, um, so the topic for today oh, is down, 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 down. discomfort or being uncomfortable. Um, I was listening to something the <laughs> other day that was saying. People have a hard time being comfortable in their discomfort for the purpose of changing and moving forward and just kind of sitting in it to say, okay, perspective, where am I at? How do I move from here? And it's hard to get out of those places when you got tunnel vision. So I want to open it up and say right now in the world, in your life, what is something that you're having comfortable or having trouble sitting in a discomfort with, or what is something you're uncomfortable with right now? Well, being that mm. I've been just, I've been uncomfortable my whole life, and I've learned to just deal with it. So I don't, I don't really, at this moment, I don't really have a specific thing, because everything is uncomfortable to me. I mean, you got, you got everything. So I mean, how do you even learn to be, un, uh, get used to not being, uh, in a, in a place of discomfort, especially being the shade of brown we are. I love the terminology, the shade of brown that we are. Beautiful. Um, for me, I, I'm I'm kind of with you because there was a time where I did experience a lot of discomfort, uh, being that just where I was mentally and emotionally and uh, intellectually, until I started reading a lot of books about this topic, like change and shifting your perspective and being open and a lot of things now I realize you really have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and in that is where the comfort lies and we'll say that again (laughs) you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and in that level of uncomfortableness is where your comfortability lies So nowadays, I actually find comfort in being uncomfortable because I know that that's one of the signs of change. And as long as I'm doing things or taking steps or getting information or just listening, there must be some productive outcome at some point. I don't know when, I don't know where, but I just know it is going to happen based on how I'm perceiving that level of uncomfortableness with change. So I, I don't have an answer for that either because... I've almost made it to the point to where I can find comfort in being uncomfortable. But I know for a lot of people, that's, that's not the same. So I, I get the question, but I, I'm really proud to say I'm in a place in my life where I don't have an answer for that particular question. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have a. I'm listening. I'm I'm taking it in. Um, 
like it used to be things that everybody faced, you know, marriage, uh, raising children, the struggles of my child being in school, my job, my side hustles, possible career movements, friendship. Like I had a list, like I got a list. But once you get to the point to where you realize there's a ever changing perspective in all of those things, you stop trying to hold on to where you are and you look forward to wherever it is that it's going. And for the most part, you have a lot more uh, subjective control over where it's going, just depending on how you're processing that information. So I had a list, but I can't sit here today and say, well, these are all the things that I'm uncomfortable with because even in that uncomfortableness, I realized I got a sense of peace because I can either identify where I'm at and where I'm going, or even if there is a particular situation right now, I already know what needs to be done to get out of it. It's a matter of doing it or just sitting in it for a little longer. It's, it's, it's so, it's so much to just simply accepting that level of discomfort. But a lot of times we hold on to that because it feels like it gives us control. So say I got a situation now and it's like, okay, I feel comfortable with just being this type of father, right? I'm gonna just use my fatherhood, for example. I feel comfortable with just going to work, making sure my child got clothes or shoes and you know pencils and notebooks and crayons. Yet then just last week, I decided to get off work early to rush home to see if I can teach my son something that he needed for a test the next day that my wife already taught him, yet I realized he may need a different perspective. And if I wait too late, he'll mess around and take the test the next day and not have at least two different perspectives to view it from, as opposed to me getting off work, coming home, showing him a different perspective, because by the time I normally get off, he's asleep. That could have caused me a level of, you know, now I got to miss work. Or I don't know how it's going to look, me having to abruptly, like it's a lot. But I realize all of that comes with being a father. It comes with being a husband. It comes with being a man. So there's no need of me dwelling on this is what I had to do as opposed to this is what I chose to do. And whatever those outcomes are in that situation, I'm willing to eat that. So there was a time where that would have stressed me out. Like that would have had me feeling really uncomfortable in where I was mentally, emotionally, uh, financially for my job. Like it was a whole bunch of things that could have linked to that, but I didn't have any of that because I've accepted that it's one of those, this comes with the territory type of things. And one of the greatest books that I read about this is the benefits of change by Dr. Miles Monroe. And once I read that book, I just shifted my mentality to adopt a lot of the principles that he talked about. So things that would normally incite that type of you know, that level of uncomfortableness i i really don't face that anymore not to say that it may not come up again but as of right now i'm i'm in a good spot with that That's now one of the recent things i did have though is whenever my the company that i work for laid off all those people initially hearing that did cause a level of uncomfortableness because I had got comfortable in that the security or the perceived security that I thought I had. But I mean, even with that, that inspired me to go ahead and get my barber license, go ahead and set up other financial things. Like those things for me now, I don't use them to get depressed or get, you know, stress eat or get worried. I use them to take action. I would, I would, I would say 
being in a place of discomfort often pushes you to the place that you need to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, once you once you get used to okay, if I'm too comfortable, I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once you once you actually get to that place where you outside your comfort zone, now you picking up a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. So you, you learning different mindsets. Like like I say, the thing with most of our people is they stuck in a mindset, a mind state that's out of date, feel like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now now you see a lot of our people trying to achieve things like even though they come from prison systems federal offenses you know i'm saying they they've been accused of all type of crap but they come right and turn around and now they milk on millionaires uh-huh. so i mean it's that mind state that got to change and once you get that mind state that okay my discomfort means it's time for me to move uh-huh. you not talk and complain and blame and <laughs> ridicule and get depressed and have anxiety like do something with that energy yeah, I mean, we we got plenty of it. <laughs> no, right. We 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 made of energy, so to speak. You no, know I'm saying so. Instead of focusing it on the negative stuff, all you, when you focus on your negative or your discomforts, you only you only multiply that discomfort mm-hmm. to to ten times what it would be if you just took that energy and made it productive. Like yeah. like I could be like I'm in this truck and I've been in this truck like six seven weeks now. I could be a oh excuse me. Upset, frustrated, mm-hmm. ready, ready to snap out. Mm-hmm. I could take the energy at the same time and make beats and put my energy into the song, making mm-hmm. songs for my album. I mean, it's two ways. It's always two ways to do something. Everybody feel like that when you discomfort and you in discomfort that you got to go one one direction. That's mm-hmm. not a negative path. You got two two choices. Last time I checked, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying you can choose to be positive with it and, and go up. Yeah, into a high, higher, uh, higher state of self, or or nothing, or a higher vibration, as you as the people say nowadays, or you can choose to stay in that lower vibration of, of life and be stuck there. It's up. To, it's really up to whomever is feeling that discomfort. Yeah, and, you know that reminds me of this thing I saw a video I actually shared on Facebook this morning, or maybe yesterday, where this guy was teaching people these concepts that we're referencing. Uh-huh. And he walked, he had a guy standing in the middle of the floor and he walked into the guy like as if they was walking on the sidewalk and bumped his shoulder. And they was, he was like, everybody give me reasons why I would have did that. And it was like having a bad day, um, mad, you want to fight, trying to get into some, like it was all negative. And he was like, what did y'all think about, you know, my mom might have just died and I was, I was mentally and emotionally disoriented. Or I may have just got a diagnosis saying that I had cancer in three days to live. He went through a whole slew of things that nobody in that group even thought about. He was like, why is it that immediately when you all see specific actions geared or regulated towards certain events, you automatically assume the worst and you never even think about the other person or what they may have going on. He was like, that may have just left the eye doctor to dilate my pupils. I could barely see, but I still had to walk because I don't have a car. Like it was so many other scenarios that nobody in that circle ran. All they saw was aggression. Let's fight. Oh, you must be trying to get these hands. He was like, y'all got to change the way you think because, like you said, there's more than one way to see a circumstance, and you'll mess around and get yourself in a situation because you were not willing to at least view this in a different way or at least see it from someone else's perspective or just have a little empathy or sympathy for someone else outside of what you believe that this person had going on. And now you didn't got into a street brawl. Now you in jail. You got to take one out your account to get you out of jail. Now you may have a record. You may end up killing this person. Like, I already went live because 
you didn't even take three. Probably didn't even try to bump into me. All you saw was you must want these hands. Right. What you got, Tony? Yo, you quiet? I'm listening. <laughs> uh, this is a topic for me that's it's a uh, it's a heavy one, and that's great. <laughs> um, I mean, and y'all are definitely hitting on exactly where I wanted this to go today, which is perfect. So you know continue dipping into that and as i'm thinking and listening to y'all i'm like you know the, the the nature of the question is things that you're having comfortable having trouble being uncomfortable in because it, like y'all are saying it, at the point where you you can get comfortable in that discomfort you can say okay these are the options i have this is the path i can mm -hmm. take this is you know it's it's being able to get that full court perspective of where you're at and figure out how you can move in it because you know where your feet are but oh time example to, I'm sorry go ahead well it comes to the the situation of well is there anything that you can't find your feet on like you're just you're trying to figure out where mm -hmm. your feet are in this situation or this scenario and you just you can't really find your feet and it's like man where where where's where's stable ground where do I even start to try to deal mm -hmm. with the situation that that speaks to what I was going to say. So in those situations, there's a lot of determining factors, right? So if we're trying to figure out where do I even start to find my footing, right before we got on the live, I have this big, huge classroom size marker board in my bedroom that I manage and keep up with all of our finances, right? So I was going through updating the board for things that have recently been added, such as like my gym membership, my tuition for barber school, things like that. And when I wrote everything out, looking at that board, I had told my home, I'm like, this is really, like this could be really scary because this board being wrote out with this much detail either does one or two things. It shows me where my life is headed financially for the next 30 to 50 to 60 years, or if I figure out a way to move this number right here, that'll decrease these numbers over here. But also if something happened in this line, that increases the numbers right here. So I was looking at that and I'm like, this could either be very inspirational or very depressing. So I sat there for a minute and I'm looking at that board with all them colors and numbers and commas and zeros and dimes and negatives and pluses. And I was like, okay, Adrian, are we going to use this to be depressed? Or are we going to use this to increase or motivate yourself? So I decided, okay, I'm going to do motivation, right? So once I decided to do motivation, I added a whole other section at the bottom that I didn't even have in my mind prior to looking at all of those numbers. And I'm like, dang, if I would have chose to get depressed about it, I wouldn't even thought about all these other things in the bottom right corner that I just added. And it speaks to, do you have information? that helps you gain your footing. Because a lot of times, whenever you're in a situation and you feel lost or don't know what to do, it's because of one of a few things. One could be lack of information. One, two could be lack of resources. Three could be lack of support. Four could be lack of just 
not even knowing the possibilities in that particular situation, which does loop back around to lack of information. So my question to those who feel like you're at the quote unquote end of your rope, do you even know what this rope is made of though? Because a lot of people be like, well, I don't know what to do. And then I come along, like, well, have you thought about this, 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 this? And they're like, well, dang, I never saw it like that. And in my mind, I'm like, is this my life or your life? And I find myself in those situations a lot, especially recently, whenever somebody says something, just like yesterday, I was at my homegirl house helping her move in. And she had a bug trapped in her light fixture. And she was like, I was trying to get that bug, but I don't have anything to stand on. In my mind, I'm like, man, we just moved couches, chairs, and all type of stuff in here. I'm like, move the chair in here, and you can stand up in the chair and get the thing. She was like, oh, I didn't think about that. In my mind, this ain't even my house. How have I properly assessed the fact that that chair will perfectly hold anybody up to stand up there and get it? But I'm pretty sure in her mind, she thought, oh, I may need a ladder. That's lack of information. That's lack of creativeness. It's lack of intuition or intuitive intuitiveness to use what you currently have to get done with what you're trying to get done. So it's like, I find myself, and I know that was a mundane situation, but I find myself in that situation a lot, especially with at my job or just talking to people. It's like, I feel like I know your life better than you when I shouldn't even know how to put things that you got together better than you do. But then I realized these people haven't properly assessed what they have because a lot of times if you're thinking from a place of well I only have this you're not even going to entertain the idea that well I could still use this for that another prime example was she was telling me that her sister lives with her but she had to quit her job because she didn't have transportation she was like but I and I don't know what to do with this where that she was just going down a whole list of negatives I instantly said well how about there's a, job, a Dollar General up the street. How about she try to get hired as a Dollar General because they're always hiring, walk to work, save up money to buy a car, and if she finds that she don't like working at Dollar General, she now has a car, she can put in an application for another job that she can now drive to and then quit that job and get another job. If she finds herself not liking that job, she does have transportation that she can work further out, which expands her possibility of getting a better job from this particular location. But she had to start at walking. She was like, never thought about it like that. I'm like, do I know these things? And I'm not even the people in the situation. Like, we we have to get a better perspective. Like I've said, if you realize, snap, I'm in a bad situation, I don't have any options. You are not going to be inspired or you're not going to have enough positivity or, or mental space to even entertain the idea that, oh, well, I may not can do this, but I can do this and then I can do that and then I can do this. And it's that process that's defeating for a lot of people because once you get that level of discomfort in that change, it's like, bro, you know what? That's too much. I'm better off just staying where I'm at. And now you live two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years and you realize, dang, what have I done with my life? You got comfortable because you didn't want to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the thing, um, it's something that Muhammad Ali said and he says that um when he was working out, he was like, You don't you don't start working out when the burn starts. He says when the burn kicks in, that's when the workout starts. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say if you take that and apply it to your discomfort, mm-hmm. when, when the when the discomfort comes, that's when the mm-hmm. workout comes. That's mm-hmm. when your change comes. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to get down into the into the nitty-gritty to mm-hmm. see what where you can change things in yeah. your life. 
What you made because out of long, that? Long, long as you comfortable, you're gonna you're not gonna do anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of a reason, a lot of reason, like America is the most obese country in the world right now is because a lot of us have got comfort eating. That's that's the way. That's what we go to to uh, relax ourselves, or when we're stressed, we go to eating. Instead of you know what, I'm stressed. Let me sit down, relax, and see my way out of this. Instead of going to food, and now food is like, okay, I'm gonna lure you to sleep. And once you once you begin to eat, it becomes gluttony, so to speak, mm -hmm. for most for most people, not everybody. And most people have issues with their thyroids. I understand that, but I mean, most people don't. Like in a, in a world where your children are obese when they when we when they started out they weren't obese like they put be outside running around playing exercise i mean they got to have more uh, energy out the wazoo while they inside yeah <laughs> you're making them comfortable being in a bubble mm -hmm. when kids when kids automatically out the womb are adventurous mm -hmm. but you once you i mean even even to the to a simple point where uh steve harvey was talking about a flea and the flea got a 36 inch vertebra but if you put that flea in a jar and put a lid on it, and he keep jumping in and hit his head, guess what? He after a while he gonna adjust, and now you can take the lid off the flea when he jump out, out the jug. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, with people. Perfect analogy. <laughs> Same thing with people where we we we've been doing stuff for so long, not realizing we ain't even ain't even cages no more. We not we not in cages. We are not in cups. We are not in shackles. But our mind is shackled from the experiences of what our what our grandparents and parents have been through like like even the history and the data from our ancestors still runs through our bloodline and we still run off traumas from our bloodline way back in the 1800s or the 1600s that runs through our bloodline memory just like they say water have memory blood has memories too it holds on to the memories of what happened to us back way before we oh, way before this day but it takes somebody to get to that point where it's like, you know what, this discomfort that my family had, that's, that's where it comes into the, the gener generational curse breaking comes mm -hmm. from, is, okay, now that I see my family going through this, but I want something different from my kids from now on. You can change it, but it, it starts with that person making that choice of I'm not going to let my discomfort make me depressed. I'm going to thrive on my discomfort and see change. I mean, that's that's how I see it. Yeah, I can attest to that. It's it's I'm, this conversation is really causing me to reflect and be grateful to whenever I arrived here, and I don't know when that happened because I remember being that type of person that immediately reacts to a uncomfortable situation as if my whole world is caving. Now I have a knee-jerk reaction of, okay, we can do it this way, we do it this way, we do it this way, we do like that's all I was doing yesterday when we was unloading that stuff. Every time something came up, like we were trying to get a lot of her furniture in the door, and no matter what way we were turning it, it wouldn't go. And the first thing on my mind, unscrewed legs. All right, turn it upside down. Like I immediately started running scenarios to see how to get this done instead of all oh, snap, like we can't do it. But I, I remember being a person who immediately had felt like my world was caving in. And I had no other option. And I, I believe that about everything. Like, I believe there is always a way around anything. Now, that way may take you three or four more days or three or four more years 
But there is a way, though. And I think that's what happens a lot of times where we defeat ourselves. It's, well, I want to do something Monday, right? But then I call Monday and I say, oh, well, yeah, you can't do this until uh, two years from now on Tuesday. And in my mind, it's like, bro, I didn't want to wait that long. But, like, did you really want to do that then? Or is there another way you can get that done? So people be like, well, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to just cancel that. Instead of either waiting two years until the next Tuesday or coming up with a different way to get that same thing done. And if not the same thing, something relatively close to it. But we defeat ourselves a lot because things are not being done when, where, or how we want them done. And for that, I would question, like, how, why do you think you deserve it right then anyway? Like, what have you done or what type of time, energy, and effort have you put in? Do you even have enough knowledge to get done with what you're trying to get done? And the most humbling experience that I've had with starting barber school is I thought I knew stuff. But once I got at barber school, I was like, dang, I was really nasty. Like, I thought I was clean. Like, I really thought I was clean. But it wasn't until I started learning about pathogens and bacteria and uh, cleaning and cleansing and a pesticides like I was really nasty but the whole time I thought I was clean right so right. for me I think the major thing that we need to be projecting or promoting is getting information studying researching spending time figuring out in innovative or creative ways or learning about a lot of different things so that when stuff come up you don't feel isolated you don't feel like I don't have a chance if you don't feel like, well, I don't know what to do, or it may take me five years, cool. But what's dedicating five years to be comfortable for the next 15 to 20 years? And I saw this this inspirational thing that talked about, it was basically saying, if, you're, if you'll be willing to live like no one else for 12 months, then you will probably be able to live like no one else for the next 12 years. But people don't want to make those type of sacrifices. They just want their instant gratification. And that 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 sacrifice is going to come with a level of uncomfortableness. But I assure you, if you get it done and do it effectively, it's going to work out. True. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I do too. I believe. I believe. I mean, it's just like like you said, like somebody wants something done and and it has to take two years. Let's say that same person complains that whole two years because well, yep. you just wasted all that time <laughs> yep. for two for two yep. years that you could have yep. waited. Yep. And you know, I I was looking at you know I used to say when I was younger I'm like you know doctor got to go to school eight years I'm like the rest a long time but in my mind I'm like what the fuck I've been doing the last eight years besides just going get up going to work like if right. you plan on living for the next ten years then it, you shouldn't be complaining about something taking ten years. The only way you should you should complain about something taking 10 years is if you know that your life expectancy is only nine years. So, of course, 10 years is, quote, unquote, too long because you won't be here. Right. But if you plan mm -hmm. on living the next five years and somebody tell you, well, hey, it'll take five years to accomplish this. I don't see why you complaining. Let's let's get it done. Like, I, I don't see the problem now unless you know your life expectancy is only two years. So now that that's definitely too long. But even in them two years, hey, can we get that done in a year and a half? Then? Like, what else could I do to cut that five years into a year and a half so I can see it done before I die? Then? True. I mean, it's people. That's people that got thirty-year mortgages that paid them jerkers off in ten. Right. It's, it's <laughs> so about I mean, yeah, you know, it's about how you manage and budget and schedule and execute. But people complain all thirty years and then you sit in the same shape. So I mean, what what are you what are you really gonna do? 
And all in all, it, it reverts back to your mindset. Like the reason that you were able to just call out certain things is because even before that day, you had conditioned your mind to pick up pick up certain things, yeah, put like them in scenarios. Yeah. yeah, you had already been doing that. So automatically it becomes second nature after a while. Anything that you do for uh, I mean, they say 30 days, 21 days, whatever it is, it becomes a habit. So if you take take the amount of time that you would take your whole life to uh, learn a new habit, like take 20 days, out, 21 days out of your life or 30 days out of your life and try to learn a new habit or read instead of having that negative habit of smoking every day, smoking uh -huh. a cigarette every day, put it into something else. Yeah. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to forget about that cigarette and now you're doing this. Like cold turkey, you know what that's, that's what people do. It's a, hard, a lot harder, but guess what? It helps you because it, um, literally once you go like like say like nicotine gum. I know some folks can't stop. They smoking four or five packs a day, but that nicotine gum still got nicotine in it. Mm -hmm. So you, my, you basically just changing it from a cigarette in your hand to, hand to yeah. So you you substituting a habit a one habit for another habit. So now you chewing four or five packs of uh, nicotine gum a day, where you smoking four or five packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Same equivalent, but you're not really quitting, so to speak. I think a lot of a lot of the problem is when it comes to the being when it comes to discomfort is like people don't want to, like the the process of going through it seems a lot longer than the benefits. I got a homeboy that always talks about running a business, right? He he every time we talk, he's oh I, I'm gonna add this to my business, I'm gonna add this to my business. But on the other end, his money management skills are trash, and in my mind, it's like. You're not going to be able to run any business if you can't even manage the money you're getting from a job. Like you blow through money and don't pay bills on time right now. So how do you think you're going to manage your own business when you can't even manage your money? And it's like, what are you doing to get better at learning how to manage money? Because the only thing you're talking about is making it, but you spend it as fast as you make it. So you're not really making any. So how do you plan on Say you start three businesses making a thousand dollars a uh, making a thousand dollars a week. That's three thousand dollars every week, which is three six nine twelve thousand dollars a month. But say you spend eighteen thousand a month, you still in a hole. No matter how many businesses you start, sir, you still don't manage money good. So stop bragging about oh I want to start this business and learn some foundational skills so that you can actually see benefits of that. So you're gonna find yourself in what I call the rat race. So it's like. You don't want to stop spending money long enough for you to learn how to manage it, but you find comfort in talking about all the businesses you want to start. So your comfortableness of promoting, oh, I'm going to start this business, I'm going to start this business, I'm, I can do this, I can do that. But the discomfort is going to come from you stop eating out every day. Stop going to buy, buy guns all the time. Stop buying shoes every, every two weeks. Like Those are the things that you have to stop doing and get uncomfortable with doing so that you can one day be comfortable. But we don't want to make those type of sacrifices because we're so conditioned to a right now type of mentality. And you don't even want to read. How are you even going to get the information needed to do what you need to do? You weren't born with that information. Like, it's not going to be poured into your mind while you sleep. I asked when the last time you read a book on business. Oh, I don't like to read. So how are you going to run it? Oh, you got to pay somebody to run it, right? You got to pay somebody to advise you. Well, the money you spending on shoes and chicken and guns and clothes. You got to use that money over there. <laughs> but the money you're using over there has already been used. So now you're even more in a negative. So let me guess you're going to start another job to compensate for the money you got to pay the person to teach you how to manage the job that you're not managing the money right. What are you doing? 
so I'm going to say this, and this is probably going to be a bit of pushback to both of you, what y'all saying, because I hear what y'all saying, and while I agree with a good majority of it in layers, here's the part you got to remember. It's easy to see somebody else's situation from the outside looking in. You can definitely tell where somebody's floor is dirty when you're looking from outside their window and you're not inside the house dealing with all the same stuff they're dealing with. Yeah, and see yeah. everything you're doing wrong or you're missing or you could be doing the same can be said for the it's like some people give better advice than they take for themselves yeah true that is a thing that we have to also remember that is the, the state we're in and there are legitimate factors that are stopping people from doing things and even getting comfortable in the discomfort discomfort sometimes isn't going to be enough Sometimes it needs to be, uh, while there's a different approach, that approach may involve more things than just you changing what you're doing. So it, it's a case-by-case -case situation in that manner. And like I said, I'm not trying to disagree with everything y'all are saying. Definitely pieces of it are applicable, but we have to remember it's a whole lot easier on the outside looking in. So you're, I can agree with that, but this is what I also want to add. So with the floor dirty situation say we both have the same floor right and i've personally had to realize you know what my my floor is dirty and because we both have marble floors i know that there's only one or maybe two or three different cleaning solutions that's going to actually get that floor clean so once i clean my floor in that similar or same situation or using that similar or same product I go over to your house and I see you trying to clean that floor with Windex. I'm like, hey, that don't work. I tried that. <laughs> like, I, I, I completely understand why you grab Windex because, you know, marble is shining. So your mind, maybe this will clean the floor. And I'm telling you, hey, that, that don't work. So then I come over the next day, you still cleaning the floor with Windex. I'm like, hey, that I told you it's not going to work. That I got some stuff over here that, that don't work. Okay, I come over again. You still clean it with Windex. Like, I get that the situation in the house is going to be different, which actually causes the person in there trying to get it done more mental strain but we can't overlook the fact that there are people in those same or worse situations that still was able to overcome so yeah. whenever we're speaking whenever we're speaking from those perspectives it's not that we're not factoring in the uh con different considerations that would cause it to be more difficult for the other people i'm for me personally let me say me i'm, I'm gonna speak for myself and I'm not. That's not to say that I can run all scenarios and you know paint every picture to be as perfect as I would like it to be. Well, hold on. However, I'm running to a break here. Um, so can you wrap it up in less than two minutes before we go into this break, or should yeah. we pray for the other side? Yeah. However, for the most part, a lot of things we see on a daily basis. So people be acting like their struggle is only subject to what they're going through when people have been going through the same exact thing for years, and there's already a proven solution to stop it. So people are really making excuses for them not wanting to go ahead and get it done. That's not everybody. Okay. There are and certain I, situations that would that would prevent that. Right. And let me pause you there because well, uh, in the last quick little two minutes before we got to go into a break, and it'll be a good point to open up into. If everybody learned as easily from the suffering of others, the world would be a completely different place. True. Not, not everybody's gonna learn from what you went through or just hearing that this is how it should be done better. You could tell them why, you could give them every single reason why. Some people literally just have to go through it themselves to understand. And that is and a, a hard... And I'm reality. one of... 
Oh, and I'm one of them. <laughs> I, I would say we all are at some point. There's some. Yeah, man. At some point, we, we all are elders that we just had to go through it ourselves. It was like, oh, well, don't do that because this is going to be the result. And you're like, well, I got to see it for myself, or I'm gonna be different, or this, that, and the other. That's just a part of the experience where, where there are so many lessons that people don't necessarily listen to. You can give them the most explicit, detailed, logical, you know best reason ever not to do these things and people will still do them either because of you know arrogance ignorance or just needing to learn that lesson for themselves through experience yeah. because not everybody is a learner through auditory means some people are kinetic learners they have to touch and feel things to get that full embracing lesson out of it mm-hmm. and we are up against the break so we're going to take a break and come right back at y'all folks and we're back folks on the second half of this episode um adrian did you want to finish what you were saying sorry to cut you out there we were right on the nose uh no i think i, I think the question i would ask and what i was really trying to sum it up to is in regards to change and being discomfort this being in a place of discomfort where would you all say we draw the line between someone physically mentally and emotionally just not currently being capable in spite of receiving all that they need or somebody just deciding to waddle in where they are for the sake of them just being comfortable. Because like you stated, there's a lot of moving parts and determining factors whenever you're considering someone trying to do something. It's just hard or they can't at the moment. And them just simply denying all of the information needed to do it for the sake of just, you know, that's, that's a lot to do. I don't feel like doing that. Like, where do we draw the line then? Because a lot of times when I'm um, inspiring or informing people, it's so easy. It's almost like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, well, you don't understand. Or, the situation ain't the same. Or you ain't never been through this. And all three of those could be checked off still. I could definitely understand. I could definitely have been through it. And the situation could be exactly the same. And people are just, a lot of times, people are just looking for reasons to not simply just do it. So where do we draw the line? You know, that is an absolutely perfect question and this is why um we're trying to figure out how we're going to bring this in but this that question is the perfect question you just served at that alley (laughs) i'm about to slam that thing (laughs) so uh that question is so relevant because right now jackson mississippi is on some of the highest caliber um, for reference, I'm going to read off what's going on with in Jackson, Mississippi, so that we have the details of it. Um, House Bill 1020-1020. This bill will create inferior courts in the Capital Complex Improvement District, a portion of the city of Jackson, Jackson to hear criminal and civil cases within the CCID. 
The Chief Justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court would appoint two judges to this new district. The Attorney General, Attorney General would appoint four prosecutors. The State Defender would appoint public defenders and various other court staff would be appointed as well. Proponents of the bill said that the bill would help the current backlog in the court system due to crime in Jackson. Opponents argued that the CCID is located in majority white neighborhoods in a majority black city, that the appointments of the court officials would strip Jacksonians of their right to elect judges and prosecutors. Almost five hours of debate, the bill passed with a vote of 76 to 37 before being held on a motion to reconsider. The motion was tabled the next day by a vote of 76 to 37, and House Bill 1020 has been sent to the Senate for consideration. So before we dig too deep into that, let's get some some quick thoughts. What did you hear or understand of what I just read? Could you explain the inferior part to me, like the first sentence? The inferior part means that a smaller community or a smaller section of Jackson is basically trying to less powerful and in means of numbers mm -hmm. of population. So what in layman's terms, what it means is Jackson's a black city. There's a small population of white people. And those white people said, oh, well, we don't care about the majority rule. We're going to essentially make our own power in Jackson. That's what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, basically, they're taking Jackson over. They're taking <laughs> Jackson over and saying minority rule. And it's a mm. slow process. They're saying we're going to start out by creating our own district that we can govern our own selves, regardless of what the population wants for the whole of the population. We're going to do what we want just for us. They are circumventing what the majority black population want for judges, for district attorneys, for prosecutors, then basically the entire court system, along with other things to follow, and saying, we don't want to play as part of this team anymore. We're going to make our own team and play our own game. So my question yeah. would be, my question would be, are they going to have their own mayor too? Because the mayor of Jackson is black, less than bird. Well, essentially, they are or moving around the mayor. They don't need their own mayor they have the power through the court system to do what they want to do without the mayor's mm. or consent. Because all the people that they're about to appoint through the Mississippi Supreme Court and you know the state district attorney's office, these roles that they're appointing people are roles that people are supposed to elect. This is the ah. same problem that Mississippi had with choosing the governor where in order for you to become the governor of Mississippi up until recently, you had to get to a certain amount of votes and then the state Senate chose, not the people who are actually being governed by this person, the state Senate chose. And the state Senate had been essentially handpicked for way too long to the point to where, regardless of what the people said, they were only gonna do what they wanted to do for their purpose, not for the people's purpose. And this falls in line with that lockstep. Mm. So 
with the topic of being uncomfortable and discomfort or how you move within that discomfort, let's just call it what it is. These white folks don't like that their lives are being dictated by a majority black city. They have options to leave or to go along with it. And they chose to change the law entirely <laughs> to what they wanted. Well, that mean, that speak to whenever you feel like your back is up against the wall, you better come up with something and then do it. But just to say, not, well, I mean, promoting, not the promoting what they're doing. I, no I know you're not, but I mean, that does raise a, a curious question. Is their back against the wall? Because as you said, with information and laying it yeah. out, explaining yeah. that these things that y'all are trying to push back yeah. to, you know, the 1600s, 1800s to where uh -huh. we were seen as property and not as people so that our voices and our things yeah. and what we would need in a society to sustain didn't matter. So why would so you my, 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 my thing would be, this would, to me, it sounds like a form of reconstruction. Well, let's be careful and with it, the way we're using the phrasing that. Can you dig, 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 dig a little deeper into what you're saying? Well, when I say reconstruction, reconstruction or breaking reconstruction? A form of making a reconstruction. I think you Because you basically... They're making their own. You're reconstruct. Yeah, they're making their own. Because, well, I mean, it's this basically like the same thing they did when with the indigenous people where they, they gave them certain things and then they changed all that to benefit mm -hmm. them. Right. And I agree with you. That's what it sounds like to me. The only thing I'm pushing back on is saying, so this is a historical point we need to have an understanding on. Reconstruction was for the benefit of the people who were newly free. When they broke reconstruction is where the problems came. This is the same as them breaking reconstruction in the way they did was they said, while you duly elected, voted, got the education, met all the requirements to do everything that you need to do, we don't like it. So we're going to change the rules and basically throw you back into where you came from. Abject, poverty, mm -hmm. enslavement, all these things. And that's, you know, that's, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what they're trying to do. They're circumventing the system because they can't, they don't have the power to do what they want to do. And they are continuing to do what is, quite often done in the South, minority rule. Well, well hell, I mean, <laughs> it's what they naturally do. So, I mean, we, we could have, <laughs> we can all could have expected that. <laughs> well, that is definitely how this, 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 they, they, they only, they only, they're only sticking to their nature, their comfort zone, so to speak. When we can't have our way, we're going to throw attention and change all the laws. Yeah, and we'll, we'll make a way. Regardless of how which it is, affects others or what it looks like, which is kind of kind of going into the song I made. <laughs> they changing all the facts. Well, I mean, this 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 it sits into the deeper topic of what we're talking about of that discomfort that you can't sit in or try to find your feet in. Where can we really say the discomfort that they're sitting in? They can't find their feet in, or they just won't accept it. Because I'll be honest with you, this is one of those. Yeah, that, that, I was just finna say. I was just finna say. Whenever I made the, whenever I made a statement earlier, quote unquote, back against the wall. That's not. That's subjective, though. Like they may feel like their back is against the wall because they're now the minority in the majority. But man, we always been a minority in the majority, so. We can't, well, we can do what we want to do, but a lot of times people see things as, oh, my back is against the wall, but like, 
you did this. Or even if you didn't do it, you've been doing it or you've been subject or you've been privy to people who do it your whole life and now you're in that situation. Now you see, oh, I need to get free. Like y'all basically trying to get free from this point, metaphorically speaking. But you know, like they feel like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this or I'm in this system of quote unquote them and we're the minority. What do we need to do to get out? Like we need to get free from this. Oh, now you see how we feel. Okay. Got yeah, it. but that's not even an accurate analogy. It's and it's very false because they're not getting free from anything. The fact that they have the power to do that means that they are under nobody's thumb. That's that that's that's what I'm saying. And but it, to them, to them, there's need for change. True or untrue. What you talking about? Basically, in their in their mind, they feel like they have become the minority. Yes. Uh, in in yes. a city where they they technically uh -huh. still rule, uh -huh. but but because uh -huh. it's more it's more of us than it is of them, they feel uh -huh. like, oh, hold up, we gotta do something about this because it's too many. Uh huh. And there were it's too many niggas around us right now. Well, yes, that sir. ain't never changed though, because saying. Mississippi has the most black people <laughs> per capita of any state. See. But here's the piece that we gotta add in there to give it the real context. It's not about them feeling like they're in the place of black people. It's about them not wanting the equality or the equity because the way that the country was built and the way that the system of essentially a caste system was built was black people are on the bottom. So while there is an mm -hmm. irrational fear of, well, if they're not on the bottom, then we're going to be, that's never been the case or even an ask, but it's a matter of, I don't want equity. I've heard people come out their face and say that I don't want everybody to have the same amount of uh, power with their vote as me. And that is the way that the Electoral College has things set up to where a state that has less people per capita has more governing power than a state that has more people. That comes so from things like the, the three-fifths compromise in Missouri where they said, we don't count as a full person, but we count as half a person for the purpose of power in the government but we still weren't seen as people we were still seen as property we were only used as tools for the purpose of somebody else's power and if we gain humanity and the equity that comes with that then they no longer have that power and it's not about them being oppressed it's about them not wanting to see power for the purpose of equity because that's really uh, all it would be i got you because at the same time like you were saying before adrian this situation you put yourself in, Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the United States. And do you know why that is? Because of the way they, the, it's regulated. Because of the way they set, the, the way we set the system up. Not we. Well, not, not we, we, exactly. We. The people who want yeah. to hold power at the, at the behest of everybody under them, they make things difficult. They make sure the wages are low. They make sure that you are basically in a impoverished and a needy state where you have to accept whatever is given to you, including white people. So They're doing they that to other white people as well. I wouldn't even say a welfare state, but just a dependent state of, and it's not even dependent on the government because at the end of the day, that whole phrase of being dependent on the government is the stupidest thing people can ever say. And this is why. You pay taxes. I pay taxes. We all pay taxes every single year. Just like when you go to McDonald's, you pay for the meal before you eat the meal. So paying the government your tax money and then telling them that they shouldn't use it is like going to McDonald's, paying for a hamburger and saying, well, I don't want to eat that hamburger. 
if you are putting money mm -hmm. into that system for the benefit of taking care of the things it needs to take care of, then why the hell would you be against it being used for those purposes? Because if it's not, then what is it being used for? Building uh, volleyball stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think for it's more <laughs> for it's more people in that nature is more for them seeing it not being used productively. So that's like me going to McDonald's, putting money in, and then seeing the person take the twenty I just gave them and go buy a line of crack with it. Like okay. at least so, use it to to buy buns and pickles, so that when I come get another burger, I'll have buns and pickles for my burger. Right, and that's so exactly the point saying, of getting that. But hold on, what hold on, hold on. I I love that point. I love that point because that is literally <laughs> the argument. But that's what I'm saying. If you listen to what I'm saying. These people who are saying the money isn't being used productively or efficiently don't even know where the money is being used. They don't uh, even understand how their government works. I guarantee gotcha. you, the person that says the government is wasting money, if you ask them who is their uh, state yeah. representative and yeah. the federal they government, they don't know. If you ask them who You're is right. over their district and the local government, they don't know. They barely know who their mayor is, let alone if they got a pothole, how to get it fixed. You're right. So Prove that's it. a bullshit argument from people who don't know how the system is working. And when it is actually being used for helping people, because mind you, if you have poor people in your state, guess what poor people can't do if they're sick or they, you know, they're hurt? They can't go to work. It actually makes you more money by having a better healthcare system because you have people who are healthy and can work and continue earning and making money. And the less people that are working, less people in your tax base. You starve your community by not having people who are actively engaged in it. Yeah. So their argument of saying, oh, the welfare state and people don't want to work and this, that, and the other is a bullshit argument because at the end of the day, they only care about their bottom line, not the tax money coming in. And this goes back to what I said an episode or two ago. Tate Reeves is trying to make, so make Mississippi a tourism place and saying, oh, I want to spend X amount of money on improving roads for businesses and X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. But he's not taking the federal money that's already allocated and paid in taxes for this specific purpose. He's robbing another bullshit effort to rob Mississippians of money and give it to people like Brett Favre for bullshit because he's not taking the money he has available to him and putting it where it's supposed to be. He didn't accept the Affordable Care Act so that it could keep funding in hospitals in Mississippi. You know, right now, some of the last bills that went through the legislature in Mississippi, they increased the penalty for ballot harvesting and election fraud. Mind you, there was none found in Mississippi. And the I'll just say, do they, issues, have they found any? That no, would they're not. But it's easy to rah-rah people over it because they don't know shit. So not only are they doing that, they're getting ready to steal another election. Mississippi has been gerrymandered and elections been stolen from people trying to fix it for years. You know what they're also trying to do right now is they're trying to say that for municipal positions that people are elected into, you can do a petition and 30% of the population can put up a petition that'll go in front of the courts that they picked, not the people, they picked and removed people from municipal positions and make there be a new election. What that means is in Jackson, 
Hmm. I don't know. Let's not even say the governor. Let's say somewhere below the governor, but with similar type of power. This person is duly elected by a black population in Mississippi and 30% of the population, which, oh, it's probably about the amount of white people in Jackson can put up a petition, go to a court that the Mississippi Supreme Court that white people put in place and say, yeah, you're right. You can get rid of this person. And now there's an election to put somebody they want in that position. And they probably won't even have to act a vote on it. Well, that sounds like a setup. Well, it is. That's literally what they're doing right now. If you look at the laws that are coming through, the legislation's coming through, the Mississippi House of Representatives and the Senate, you got bullshit laws coming through prepping for what's coming in because Mississippians don't know what the hell is going on in their own government. They can do it and they will keep electing these people who are literally taking benefits away from them. There's a bill that came through the Mississippi House of Representatives for consolidating hospitals. Mind you, Mississippi already closes down hospitals at a pretty crazy rate, which means less hospitals in areas where they really need it. So consolidating it for the purpose of funding is stupid, especially since if you accept the Affordable Care Act, you have guaranteed funding to keep these hospitals open. But this is another one of those things where information and outside looking in, we got to really be able to sit in something and say, all right, what's really going on here? Now, I'm going to say Mississippians could look around and see what's going on, but let's be real about it. Most Mississippians are worried more about feeding their kids, feeding themselves, and keeping their roof over their head because the cost of living has gotten so high that even in a place where it's a low cost of living, you still got to struggle to survive. They don't have time to necessarily be worried about the government, but they really should be. They should be paying attention to what's going on around them. And in the age of the internet, it does not take that long. The same amount of time they would spend watching the college games on Saturday and the NFL games on Sunday. Or cat videos on YouTube. Or cat videos on YouTube. They can inform themselves when election (laughs) time comes around and actually make substantial changes to make Mississippi better. Because Mississippi also has in the bottom ranking of education in the United States which is not by accident. That also speaks to what I was saying earlier about, like you, you, you're well-informed. You can tell, we telling people, hey, this is what needs to be done in order for you not to spend the next 10, 15. The illusion? Oh, man. You the line. We lost you for a second, Adrian. He he there. Yeah, can you hear? Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they would rather watch videos, watch NFL instead of informing themselves. So it's not that they can't. Well, it's not that simple, though. It's not that simple. Here's the other thing you got to understand. The news, right, is supposed to inform you. And at one point in time, it did. And sometimes It it still does. Here's the problem with the news in the South specifically. All of the news channels are owned by the same people. And if they don't want you to know what's really going on, guess what you don't know? What's really what's going, going on? on? Unless you are actually willing to do that work to look for it. And mind you, if you're comfortable where you're at, why would you? Especially if you're in a majority and that they, everything is set up for you to win, why would you seek out change? If you're willing to accept where you're at and you're okay with it, or at the very least, you're willing to accept not being on the bottom. That goes to that Lyndon Baines Johnson quote of if you give white people somebody to look down on, they will give you their money. 
He was talking about poor white people. He wasn't talking about rich white people. And that was in reference to putting black folks on the bottom. As long as they got somebody to look down on, they can be happy. And then not you said you trying to take your money, they'll give it to you. Just to give them that false insecurity that they're not on the bottom. So mm -hmm. it it's it's yes and no, what you're saying is accurate, but it's not as simple as, well, they just don't want to. And they look they rather look at cat videos. Because the people who are trying are also being gerrymandered out of power. They're also getting, uh, you know, um, uh, what's voter suppression is happening in crazy numbers in Mississippi, in Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, all these places. But because the right amount of, you know, rocking to the boat isn't done in the right place, it's not getting the attention because if you got the power, you can snuff out certain things without there being as much of an issue. I'm going to say, I, I can guarantee you that people don't even know that Mississippi is $15.1 billion in debt as a state. I tell you what, I didn't know that, but I'm also not surprised. But, but they have $134 billion .9 gross domestic products. So then it goes down to I got I got it from uh you can look it up US uh what is it let me see it's the US uh usdebtclock.org it gives you the country it gives you the states each state and everything and it's tracking the numbers like constantly oh yeah bigger states pay the tax bill for smaller states so California as much as a lot of southern states don't like it, pays their taxes. All yep. of the stuff that is needed in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana is paid for by places like New York and California. That will make sense because California is $567 billion in debt. Who are we in debt to? Other countries. <laughs> Themselves. That's crazy. <laughs> Look, I saw this meme that said, it was like, it showed a picture of the world. And it was like, it said the world is over such a dollars in debt. And it was like, to who? Thanos? Like, who do we owe? We are them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did this to us. <laughs> uh, we just dealing with what was done to us at this point. Oh, no, I think it said, it was like, who do we, who are we in debt to? The Decepticons? <laughs> like, what the Basically. Are we? <laughs> I mean, on the level we are. <laughs> we right. are the people. Yeah. It's crazy. That's sad. That's sad we got this one. We the highest. Yeah. We the highest one on on the uh, America is the highest one on the debt. Is America? Do we need a new CPA. Like what? Who who do who's keeping the books? <laughs> What's going on? America, Europe, and then China. Yeah. The one on the bottom. Let's see who's on the bottom. Vietnam. Yeah. All right. Well, so they doing they doing pretty up. decent there. Huh? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other episode we got to get into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord, yeah, we'll, we'll do that next episode but we gotta wrap it up it's been a pleasure right. see you later